0: You're listening to Brains On from NPR News and Southern California Public Radio. We're serious about being curious. I'm your host, Molly Bloom. Today we're going to take a slight twist on this. That's right, rain. Nine-year-old Izzy is kind of an expert on the subject. She's from Seattle, and in addition to coffee, computers, and throwing fish, Seattle is known for rain. Izzy has an interesting thought experiment about a very special kind of rain.
1: If there is a lake of lemonade and it evaporated, would it rain lemonade the next day?
0: Good question, Izzy. And now I'm a little thirsty. That's producer Mark Sanchez expressing his need for lemonade. Hello, Mark. Hey, Molly. So how did you track down the answer to Izzy's question? Did you actually fill a lake with lemonade? Oh, I wish I did. I wish I could. But sadly, no.
2: And since we don't have the time or money to fill a lake with lemonade, we're going to have to build one in our minds. First, let's agree our lemonade is going to be made of three simple ingredients. Lemon, sugar, and water. Sounds delicious already. Go on. A normal recipe yields two quarts of lemonade, but we'll need to fill an entire lake.
0: How big is this lake?
2: Well... I was thinking about this, and I live in Minneapolis near a pretty big lake called Lake Harriet. And since we can't drain that and fill it with lemonade, I was thinking we could at least go off its size. So I found out that Lake Harriet has a volume of about 10,134 acre feet. So in lemonade, that would be? One acre foot is equal to 1,303,000 quarts.
0: Whoa. So in order to fill 10,134 acre feet? We'll need...
2: 13 billion 200 million quarts of lemonade. Wow. Which means we'll have to make our recipe 6 billion 600 million times over. So we have a lake full of lemonade, and now we just need a quick recap on how it rains normally. We actually did a whole episode on the
0: water cycle. A quality episode, indeed. And in it, we learned that water is continuously being transformed from a liquid to a gas. In the ground, in your sink, in an ocean or lake, that's liquid. But when it heats up, say by the sun shining down on a lake, that water evaporates and changes into a gas. Those tiny gas molecules rise up into the air. As the air cools, trillions upon trillions of those molecules bump into each other and join together in the air. And we see them as clouds in the sky. When enough molecules get together in the clouds, they form drops of rain that are heavy enough to fall back to Earth. Thank you, gravity. And then the whole thing starts over again. That's why it's called the water cycle.
2: Now that we know how it rains, it's time to introduce Izzy's Lemonade Lake to a
0: weather pro. Deanna Hentz is an assistant professor of atmospheric science at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Let's go to Izzy one more time.
1: If there is a lake of lemonade and it evaporated, would it rain lemonade the next day? This is actually
3: a question I had to think a fair amount about, and I actually had to ask some of my chemist friends to help me with this one. The short answer is no, you probably would not get lemonade rain. Oh, that's disappointing. That's a bummer.
0: What are we gonna do with the rest of this episode?
2: Um go swim in a regular lake or something? I don't know.
0: But <laughs> Oh good, there's more. Oh,
3: what we may end up with actually is what makes this problem kind of interesting.
2: Okay, so typically when you evaporate a solution that has water, say salt water or sugar water the water would evaporate just like we talked about in the water cycle. So if you did this in a laboratory with sugar water or salt water in a dish, let it evaporate, you'd end up with salt crystals or sugar crystals in that dish.
3: When we think about with lemonade, part of the answer is that sugar in that water that you would have added to the lemon juice to make lemonade, the water would evaporate, but the sugar would be left behind. But the interesting thing is about this is that we have to consider the lemons as well.
2: And here she's talking about the chemical makeup of lemons.
3: So lemons are also full of water, sugar, but also the acids that make them tart. And all plants have minerals that help them grow. So there's also minerals in them as well. That mixture of sugar, acid, and the minerals would get more and more concentrated and would get more and more acidic as the water evaporated. And eventually you'd get left with this sticky goo.
0: All that hard work filling a lake with lemonade and all we're left with is sticky goo. A little disappointing, I know. But wait,
2: Deanna says there's something more to think about.
3: There's another part of lemons that we also have to consider. And this gets into how exactly that lemon juice was made.
2: In a few minutes, Deanna's going to explain how the way we make lemonade factors into the equation. But right now, we have an announcement.
0: The next Brains On debate between producers Sandon Totten and Mark Sanchez has been chosen. Team Sanchez! That's not fair. Sorry, I'm biased. And the topic is fire versus
2: lasers. Hey, Molly, can we try that one more time and maybe do it a little more ramped up in a voice that's kind of supposed to fill a stadium? You know,
0: fire! versus lasers ah okay how's this fire versus
2: lasers that's not bad but if i'm going to enter the debate arena with sandin totten i need to be a little more pumped up how about this
1: get ready for the next brains on debate fire versus lasers that's right just in time for Thanksgiving, producers Sandon Totten and Mark Sanchez will do battle. Well, debate battle. Anyway, cheer on Mark and Sandin. In this November's debate, fire versus lasers.
0: Okay, I get it now. So if you have strong feelings about either side of the debate, send them our way. Just tell us if you're with Team Fire or Team Laser and let us know why. Send your email to brainson at m as in Minnesota pr. Org. And I know one team that everybody can agree on. And that is? Team Mystery Sound. Mystery Sound. Here it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That is a tough one. Do you want to hear it again? Sure. What do you think? It could go two ways. I've got one guest that says we're listening to paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? And I'm kind of like scared out of my wits right now. <laughs> Or there's another one that tells me maybe it's some sort of outdoor nature sound with possibly a bug and possibly some water, but I don't know. I'm kind of stumped.
0: Okay. You're closer with the second one. Here is Charlie. No ghosts? (laughs) No ghosts. Here is Charlie from Sydney, Australia with the answer.
1: Hi. My name is Charlie Morgan and I'm six years old. I live in Sydney, Australia. I have a worm farm in my garage.
0: That's worms in his worm farm. What? I heard buzzing. How do well, worms there was buzz? a fly around the worm, okay. <laughs> but that sort of like... It wasn't that, water. It was worms.
1: We have the worms not for me to play with, but to use up our fruit and vegetable scraps and to make compost and worm tea, which is the liquid which helps plants to grow. The worms don't like all fruit and vegetables. They don't like lemon, orange peel, or garlic. But they love potato peel. We give them lots of water and sprinkle eggshells on them. And my mom thinks there's about 10,000 of them. It looks like there's at least a million when I lift up the lid to feed them.
2: A million worm worm farm.
0: Well, to be fair, closer to 10,000 according to his mom. But that's a lot of worms.
2: That is a lot of worms. At first I was thinking, like, worm farm, what are they growing? Like tiny worm corn? But then... No, they're making compost and worm tea for the plants in their garden. They're going to enrich the soil to grow amazing vegetables.
0: You can actually hear more about how worms help soil in our soil episode. So thanks so much, Charlie, for sending that in. And you can see a video of feeding time on Charlie's worm farm if you head over to our Instagram. That is brains underscore on. Have a mystery sounder question for us, you can email it to us at brainson at m as in Minnesota pr.org. And if you search for brains underscore on, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You can look us up
2: on Facebook, or if you want to send us a regular old envelope, go to brainson.org
0: and find our address. And now it's time to celebrate some of the most curious, interesting, wacky, fantastic, and engaged minds that we know of. High fives and huzzas to the latest edition of the Brains Honor Roll. Caleb and Zoe from Greenwood, Australia Aiden from Larchmont, New York Willis from Westerville, Ohio Alexander from Milford, Ohio Alexandra from Eugene, Oregon Liam from Astoria, Oregon Drew from St. Louis Victoria from San Juan Capistrano, California Isaac and Isabella from Sydney, Australia Jude and Junie from Eugene, Oregon Audrey and Elise from Murfreesboro, Tennessee Carl and Lara from Montevideo, Minnesota Joshua from Johannesburg, South Africa Keegan from Loveland, Ohio James and Audrey from Petrolia, Ontario Simon from Gunbarrel, Colorado Thalia from Nashville Theodore from Sydney, Australia Della and Aria from Kenmore, Washington Catherine and Celia from Basking Ridge, New Jersey Silas from New York City Charlotte and Gabriel from Denver Desmond and Julian from Sacramento Luther from Bremerton, Washington Elliot from Baltimore Sylvia and Holly from Bloomfield, New Jersey Kaysen, Davin and Kyler from Woodenville, Washington and Cole from Milpitas, California We are back. And I, for one, am ready to find out if there could be such a thing as lemonade rain. Yep. And if I'm being honest,
2: I didn't think such a thing was actually possible. And atmospheric scientist Deanna Hintz wasn't really giving me much hope. Until she said this.
3: There's another part of lemons that we also have to consider. And this gets into how exactly that lemon juice was made. Have
2: you ever felt a lemon, you know, just on the outside? Yeah. You know how it's kind of got that waxy feeling? Yeah, and it has like a nice smell too. Yeah. That smell and that feeling, that could be the key.
3: Lemons in their skin actually have quite a lot of oil in them. That's the stuff that leaves that fresh scent. And those oils are actually what are known as highly volatile, which means they actually really easily evaporate into air. So depending on how that lemon juice was pressed, that could leave some amount of lemon, that lemon oil in the lemon juice. So as that water was evaporating, those really volatile oils would also start to vaporize. And if that water was warmed up at all, especially, say, by the sun, then that would actually help those oils vaporize even faster. And we know the hotter the heat source, the faster evaporation occurs. Right. Now get this. If the water from that evaporating lemonade was able to rain through all that vaporized oil... Raindrops actually have an ability to what we call scavenge particles out of the air. So it's possible that those raindrops could actually pick up some of that vaporized oil.
2: Ah, uh, those two simple words. It's possible.
3: I grew up in Texas. Sometimes when the air would be really dusty and we'd get a rain shower through that dust, it would actually look like it rained mud because the raindrops actually picked up all of those dust particles and then took them with them as they headed towards the ground and then splattered that dirt all over the place. So raindrops have the ability to do this. So possibly, possibly, it could pick up those oil particles out of the air and then bring it back with it as rain. So even though you wouldn't end up with lemonade, you might get some very lightly scented lemon-scented water. Which also sounds nice to me. That does sound
2: nice. I would like a nice lemon scented rain. Well, it's not going to taste like the sweet lemonade you're used to. But still, lemon water falling from the sky? Deanna says there's one more factor that we should take into account.
3: I mentioned how volatile these lemon oils are. They also easily react with air. And they actually react pretty fast. So it's possible that within about an hour the lemon oils would change into something else as they reacted with the oxygen in the air. So this rain shower would have to happen pretty fast.
0: So under the right conditions, like a lake full of lemonade that has lemon oil in the water, and a water cycle that takes under an hour, it could rain lemonade. Or at the very least, lemon-flavored water. If you want to hear more from Deanna Hens, you should check out The Brains on Archive and listen to our episode about how meteorologists predict the weather.
2: You know, Molly, Deanna really got a kick out of this thought experiment. And she says considering imaginative ideas like this can be really useful.
3: One thing that's really cool about this particular problem for me is that it really stretched me to think about things that I don't typically think about. On top of that, it also encouraged me to talk to another scientist, or two other scientists actually, as it happened to be, to see what they thought about it. And so one thing that's so great about scientists is when we talk to each other, we can combine our different knowledge and our different skills and come up with whole new solutions to problems that individually we might not have. We get used to looking at the world in a certain way as we get older and one of the great things I think about being a scientist is that it constantly challenges you to look at the world in a different way but you know we are still grown-ups and sometimes we can get locked into thinking a certain way so it's really great to have someone else come along and challenge that thought to make sure that we don't get stuck for too long.
2: Here's a glass full of lemonade raised to all the questions that start with what if.
0: That's it for this episode of Brains On. Special thanks to John Miller.
2: Thanks for listening.